Thank you. Veronica, thank you for having me. And um, essentially, I'll just try to stick with the format and go with my experience, strength and hope. Um, and for my experience, what got me here? Um, well, it was a progression, certainly. It was, I don't know if I started right off the bat, uh, drinking hard right away. Uh, I, I was kind of a late bloomer, I admit. Um, but uh, I was a little bit awkward, I will say. Like, I always was a little uncomfortable in my own skin, but I think that's pretty normal. Uh, but... Essentially, what really got me going um, was uh, an experience I had when I was um, just about to graduate high school and I, a boyfriend of mine passed away. And uh, ironically, he passed away from drinking and driving, but I didn't put that together. I just really what I put together was my pain and, and not knowing how to really feel about the situation. Um, and it was just incredibly easy to just pick up that drink and just make myself feel better. It was just like such, it was such a relief. And I continued on that path actually that whole year, uh, and I knew I was going to continue on that path, actually. It felt so good to not think about what had just happened that I, um, I actually dropped out of college within a month because I just knew, forget it. I don't even want to do that. I'm just going to continue drinking. And this is this is good enough for me. But, you know, that took a little toll on me. And I finally kind of woke up a little bit and was like, OK, you know, I actually have to get my life together. Um let's try to redo this again. Let's, uh, you know, go back to school. Um, one of the things though, was that I was always pretty functioning in the sense that I got my things done. I went to work, I, I paid what I needed to pay. Um, my, I basically was able to survive very well drinking. Um, it also helped that I worked in a place, uh, with alcohol. I've always been in the service industry, so it's very easy to just quickly to to drink on the job it just fits into everything you're doing um i actually uh started bartending underage so it was kind of like a rite of passage to drink with these older bartenders and um and to be learning uh the drinks that's I went and it also felt good to you know to listen to people while I was there it helped me relax um everything just kind of flowed so much easier and it it felt really nice um until it really didn't feel good anymore um I finally got my life kind of together when went back to school and within a year my best friend passed away and real quickly, again, I just used it as an excuse. I was just, uh, I didn't want to feel what was happening. And real quickly, I just went right downhill. Still got everything done, though. So uh, still somehow managed, managed to finish college, but uh, just enough to get by and, um, and do what I needed to do. But uh, slowly and surely, it wasn't just that I was drinking because I didn't feel good about things. It was for everything 
good, bad, didn't matter. I was uh, just start. It just became like part of my blood just to wake up and want that drink again. And, um, and, you know, strange, a lot of consequences to the more I've, basically had been drunk driving for about 15 years it's a miracle i didn't get a dui or kill someone or um who knows uh i talked my way out of duis i don't know how that happened but um maybe i would have stopped sooner if i had more consequences sooner but luckily i made it this far and it was really the poison i was feeling my body like just start to just kind of uh just the toll it was taking. I was shaking in the morning. Uh, I kept telling myself, oh, tomorrow I will stop and would wake up and immediately just get another drink. And, uh, and the thing was, I still thought I had control. This is exactly what uh, we actually just read was basically the process I went through. Like I actually had to admit that I was an alcoholic and say it out loud before I actually believed it. I knew in the back of my mind and for it actually for about a few years, at least I, I, I knew, but I still also had the other voice saying, no, no, I got this. I got this. I can stop. Uh, and it did, it did not stop. So, um, Luckily, I guess I could say I somewhat have a higher power because the right things aligned, the stars aligned. Someone whispered in my ear, maybe try AA. Um, someone who saw me because I was also really good at keeping a facade. No one like I would take do a lot of scheming to make sure I stayed control in the right moments. And then once I was uh home from work, once I was uh, in a safe place, I would, I would drink by myself all the time. And, um, and so the right things aligned and I finally just kind of gave up, to be honest. Like I, I was, I knew I was running out of options. Like I was, I've kind of like had my nine lives and I knew I was eventually, I was something terrible was going to happen. I was destroying myself could kill someone again. Um, I wasn't there for my family. I had to, I had to wake up and I finally just realized it. I don't know what exactly it was, but I gave up. And so I just, I heard a whisper. Someone whispered it to me. I say whisper, they just, you know, but, um, that's about all I heard in the conversation. Uh, was maybe try AA and I didn't even know what the program was about. But I um, just uh, woke up hungover and didn't even think I was going to stay. I'm an alcoholic. And the words came out of my mouth. And I just, even that was a relief. Uh, but I was also so willing that I knew it didn't really even matter what the program was. If so many people here were finding recovery here, I was might as well just stay and see what happens. And um and so, and, and do what I'm, what's asked of me again, you know, I, I was just so willing, forget it. If I, if I'm asked what my higher power is, I do kind of believe in one, but I don't have to define it. I love that this program can be, um, be different for everybody. Um, I don't have to follow exactly what everyone else does. I can even disagree with my sponsor, but I'm still going to 
really try to work this program because it's really been the only thing that has helped me out. It's, you know, showing up for the meetings, you know, having some accountability for that. Um, and again, it's like, well, I don't really know what it is about the program so much. Well, I do know that speaking and being honest about who I really am to a group of people when it, what I feel is a safe place has really, that's a, that's a really good start, you know, <laughs> trying to be honest about who I really am. And, um, you know, I call people, I'm willing to give back what has been given to me. People have supported me, um, when I came into these rooms and, um, and I'm willing to give back, um, because <laughs> this is the best thing that's really ever happened to me after 20 years of being basically drunk. Uh, and walking through life like a zombie, um, you know, this is, I feel better than I ever have. Um, I wake up sober, but I still uh, wake up remembering that I'm an alcoholic too. And that's one of the, the things I have to keep in mind. I try not to forget where I came from. Um, and that's what, another reason why I have to go to these meetings. I have to hear the stories and uh, hear the pain, be willing to be there for people, but also be reminded of exactly where I was and why I was willing to come into these rooms. So, um, you know, I really feel like um, my life has changed, not significantly on the outside, but on the inside. I've really been able to kind of grow up a little bit and assess who I am. Um, and I'm not sure how much more time I have. I'm sorry. So, Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I am more, um, I am more calm and open and willing to kind of step outside myself to, um, to kind of see how I'm thinking about things. Like I realized that I don't have to be perfect. I can let go of a lot of control. You know, I would be always really sad at how the world was and disappointed the world is not going to get much better. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. But the world is a pretty shitty place in so many ways. But I still get to be here sober and be present for it and actually add a little bit to the world instead of being just, uh, you know, I, I didn't bring anything to the world as being an, uh, a drunk alcoholic all the time. Thank you. And I realized that I have nothing to complain about. So, um, you know, I'm just really grateful I'm here and I'm just going to show up because it's working. And thank you. That's all I got to say. Right. Thank you, thank for, you so for having me. Hi, my name is Billy, and I am alcoholic. And I want to say thank you to John for uh, giving me an opportunity to come out and share for you guys tonight. Uh, yeah, I was trying to log on like everybody else, and it wasn't coming on. And uh, I had had Chinese food for dinner, right? And I got a fortune cookie. And a fortune cookie, the fortune said, today is your lucky day. I was like, what? That's nice. Okay. And so I'm trying to log on to this meeting and I'm texting my wife because she's not getting on either. And she's like, well, maybe it's your lucky day today. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe it is. And then John had to go get the meeting started. So <laughs> no, I'm, I'm grateful I get to be here. Uh, I like carrying the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and yeah, thank you, John, for giving me this chance. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I drank a lot of alcohol. Um, sure did. And uh and what's awesome is that when I woke up this morning, I did not have a desire to drink. And, uh, you know, it's easy to take that for granted. 
you know, uh, nine years away from the drink. Um, I stopped having a desire to drink probably in my first 30 days of recovery. And, uh, and today it's like, it's not something special to wake up and not need to drink, but it is something special, you know, cause there was a time in my life when I woke up in the morning and the only thing I could do was drink. Right. That was the first thing on my mind and needed to happen immediately. And to be in a position today where that's not even a thought that pops into my head, uh, thank you, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, my entire life has changed as a result of coming in here and working the steps. And so uh, I'm super grateful for my life in AA, the life that AA has given me. And, uh, and when I'm asked to show up and do things, I, I show up and do things. So uh, let's talk a little bit about drinking. Uh, yeah, I drink. I drink a lot. I liked it. Um, I took my first drink when I was 16 years old, which I know is kind of a late start for uh, a lot of folks here in AA. Uh, but uh, I'm the first alcoholic in my family. Uh, the I don't know why the alcoholic bug bit me and didn't bite anybody else in my family, but uh, maybe that's why it took me till 16 before I took my first drink. Like leading up to then, I was I was a good kid, right? I was. Uh, you know, never, never get in trouble. And, and I got good grades and I didn't step out of line. Honestly, I was just so full of fear. I was too afraid to step out of line and get in trouble. Um, what the consequences might be. Uh, I had a hard time creating relationships, uh, with, with the other kids. I had a hard time communicating and talking. I was just, I was shy. I, I couldn't get the words out. Uh, I had an easier time talking to adults than I did talking to kids my own age. And, uh, and all that changed when I took my first drink. Right. All of that just melted away. Um, I took my first drink at a uh, it was a debate tournament in high school, <laughs> which is probably the nerdiest first drink in AA history. But uh, whatever, it's mine. Uh, so there it is. It's out there. Uh, yeah, I had my first drink at a debate tournament and I'd seen people drink before. And yeah, it looked like they're having a lot of fun, but I was a good kid. I didn't do that. For whatever reason, that night I decided, what the heck, I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try. And so that's what I did. I had a shot of vodka and it burned. It tasted awful. I didn't feel anything. And so I had like five more and, and suddenly I became awesome. You know, all of that insecurity melted away. All of that fear melted away. Uh, suddenly I'm, I'm making instant friends. Suddenly I'm funny. Uh, that morning I couldn't look a girl in the eye and that night I got laid. So it was just like found the alcohol. You know what I mean? The solution to life. Uh, it was, it was the greatest thing ever. And, uh, and I knew from that moment forward, I was going to be drunk as often as I possibly could be, uh, because why would I want to be anything other than drunk? That's how I felt. And so, uh, that's the way I lived the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, I was getting good grades right up until that point, And then suddenly uh, nothing mattered as much as getting to my next drink. Uh, my grades fell off. I got my college rem admission revoked. Uh, I took my first drink at 16. At 17, I was, uh, I was leaving home because I didn't want to live under their roof anymore and have to follow their rules. They had these crazy rules, right? They wanted me to like be home by midnight and not be drunk. Just insane, right? Like doesn't make any sense. And, uh, and so I said, you know, screw you guys. I'm out of here. And I left, I left home at 17. I moved in with some buddies who drank like I drank and, uh, and we just, we partied, man. We had a good time. And in the beginning of my drinking, I didn't have a ton of real bad consequences. You know, there were consequences looking back at it now. It didn't feel like it at the time. Um, you know, not getting to go to college. That's a consequence, uh, burning relationships with my family. That's a consequence. But honestly, it just felt, uh, 
at the time, it just felt like I was having a great time and it, it didn't feel like consequences at all. And so uh, when I was 19, I met my wife, Tina. Uh, she was beautiful, funny, had a good job. Most importantly, she drank like I drank. And uh, and with within a week of knowing each other, we moved in and uh, like any two good alcoholics would do. And uh, and and it was on, you know, and uh, and we liked we liked to party. And uh, what happened was, is, is my drinking continued to progress. Um, at some point we started drinking in the morning and, uh, at, at, in the beginning it was this fun thing like, Oh, I'm going to get drunk and go to work and Oh, it'll be so great. You know? And then it turned into something where, uh, I needed a drink to get out the door in the morning. You know, uh, the big book talks about how drinking ceased to be a luxury. It became a necessity. And I'm not sure when I crossed that line, but I know that I most certainly did. Uh, where it stopped being about something that enhanced my fun and it became something that I needed in order to operate. You know, uh, I turned into a guy where I could not walk out my front door without half a bottle of Jack Daniels in me. You know, uh, I drove drunk every single day of my adult life. I drove drunk with my wife in the car. I drove drunk with my son in the car, drove drunk with my in-laws in the car. Uh, you know, uh, my in-laws today, they, I believe they have 35 years of sobriety. So, um, the funny thing is, is they didn't really know that I was an alcoholic because the reason being is that they never saw me sober. They only ever saw me drunk. And so there was nothing to compare it to, right? There's no, Oh, he's drunk today. No, I mean, I was drunk every day. And so they never saw sober me. And so they didn't really know the difference. Uh, and that was true of probably everybody in my life. Uh, because all I, I, like I said, I couldn't get out the front door without a drink. And so, uh, my typical day would kind of go like this. I'd wake up in the morning and, uh, and I'd go into the kitchen and I'd grab a bottle of Jack Daniels and I would pour myself five double shots. And, uh, I'd take those five double shots first thing in the morning. Boom, 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 boom. Cause I like to get drunk right now. You know what I mean? I like to blast off. I, I'm not a guy who's just like, Oh, I'm going to have one beer. No, I need to be annihilated immediately. Like I'm, I don't want to be here. Let's, let's get this done. And so that's, that's how I always drank. I drank to get drunk, um, never just to drink socially or have a good time or whatever. Uh, it was always to get drunk. And so that's what I did every single morning. And then uh, I'd look around the corner of the kitchen to see if my wife ever came home last night, if she was sleeping on the couch. Uh, and it wasn't because I, I cared. It was because I, I needed to know if I had to be quiet because I didn't want to wake her up and have to talk to her. You know what I mean? And that's how nasty things had gotten between us. We were not on good terms. We were not sleeping in the same room. Uh, we were not happy together. And, and the last thing in the morning, the last thing I want to do is, is talk to her. How crazy is that? You know, I drove drunk to work every single day. Uh, I drove in the carpool lane by myself and somehow I never got caught, never got pulled over, never got a DUI. I've never gone to jail. I've never been arrested. I've barely even talked to a cop in my life. And, uh, it's not because I didn't do bad things. It's just because, you know, like the, like the previous speaker, Veronica was talking about, I just got away with it, you know? And I know a lot of people in AA who didn't get away with anything. Like they got busted for every single thing they did. And, uh, and for every one of those, I mean, I guess I'm the opposite. I'm the guy who got away with every single thing I did. You know what I mean? And, uh, didn't stop me from becoming an alcoholic and needing to come to AA though. Uh, tell you that much. So I'd be at work and, uh, and I'd be sobering up at work, which is awful. Uh, sobering up feels terrible. And um, I hate my job and I hate the customers and I hate my coworkers and I hate my boss and I hate everything. And I'm miserable all day long. I drive home from work and all I can think about is the relief of a bottle of whiskey at home, you know? 
Uh, I'm the type of alcoholic that likes to walk in the front door, lock the door, close the windows, right? Close the blinds, uh, hide my phone in the other room so nobody can bother me and just sit there with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a two liter of Coke and drink myself into oblivion. I'm an isolated drinker. My, I don't have any wild came out of a blackout in Cancun type of stories. Uh, my drinking was just kind of lonely and pathetic and sad. Uh, that's how I roll, you know? And, uh, and that's, that's what I did. And so, uh, I showed up at work and somebody told me they could smell alcohol on my breath. And this is the first time I'd really been caught for it, you know, uh, it kind of rocked my world a little bit. Uh, it kind of made me, I guess it gave me a moment of clarity. It made me realize, man, I drink every morning and I drink every night and I drink all day in between. And this isn't normal. Normal people don't do that. And, uh, and I recognized that there was something wrong with what I was doing. And so I made a decision and I decided right then and there that from now on, I am going to drink like a normal person. And, uh, yeah, so there it is decided, huh. you know, uh, and to prove that I didn't have any problem with alcohol, I was going to stay dry for an amount of time. So what I did is I managed to put together 14 days of, of sobriety, um, and all I was doing during those 14 days was just white knuckling it, you know, just hanging on tight. Like, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink. Uh, during those 14 days, I came to some really interesting conclusions. I came to the conclusion that everything in my life was that was wrong was my wife's fault. Uh, it was all her fault. If it wasn't for her, I never would have drank. I'd have this great life. And, uh, and it's all her bad. And, and cause I, cause I was just incapable of looking at myself or anything I could have been doing wrong. Uh, and I had to find somebody else to point the finger at. Cause it couldn't possibly be me who was wrong. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I'm pointing the finger at her and, and ultimately at the end of these 14 days, uh, I tell her, you, you need to get sober or you need to find somewhere else to live. And so she left and, uh, not, not quite what I was expecting. Uh, she did, uh, she did bail and, uh, uh, she went and she went straight down and, um, she had a real low bottom, uh, living on the streets and, uh, you know, maybe one day she'll get over here and, uh, and tell you guys all about it. Um, you know, she's, she's sober today too. We've, she came in about a month and a half after I did and, uh, but who's counting and, uh, she's, uh, she's pretty awesome today, but back then things were real nasty. And so, so my wife leaves, right. And, uh, and it's me and it's my, my stepson, and, uh, and, and the source of all my problems is gone. And yet I'm drinking just as much as ever, if not more, you know, and, uh, and there's nobody left to point the finger at, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just me and my bottle and no more excuses. And, uh, I tried to control my drinking. I tried to have just two you know, I was going to have two drinks uh, and I'd come home and I'd have my first one, my second one. And it's still five o'clock uh, and there's a lot of night left and well, maybe one more and then I'm gone. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and trying to control my drinking just did not work. It wasn't happening. And so, okay. then I got to stop. I got to stop. I'm done. Never going to drink again. Decision made. Right. And, uh, and after I'd had, originally put together those, those 14 days without a drink. Uh, I think the best I could do after that was maybe a day and a half. Um, I had to drink. I just, I couldn't not do it, you know? And I would tell myself, I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to drink. And then I'd go drink. And then I'd tell myself again, I'm not going to drink today. And then I go drink today. And, uh, and I remember driving home from work, uh, countless times, 
so many days and told myself, I'm not going to drink. 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 And, and I'd be at a red light and the liquor store is on the corner and my house is just down the street and I'm at the red light and I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to drink. And the light turns green. And somewhere in the middle of that turn, my brain just goes, ah, fuck it. And I turn into the liquor store and I was absolutely powerless over alcohol. I could not stop myself. And I'd walk into the liquor store and the guy would already have the bottle on the counter because he knows me. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I'd feel good already. I'd already start feeling good just seeing it, you know, just walking in there and seeing a bottle on the counter. Cause I know relief is on the way. I haven't drank it. I haven't tasted, I haven't smelled it. Haven't even picked it up yet, you know? Uh, but I know relief is coming and I'd take it up to the house and, and I'd go into the house and I'd pour myself my five double shots and boom, 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 and blast off just how I like to. And, uh, and I'd feel amazing for like eight minutes and then the world comes crashing back in, you know, and uh, and I did it again. I'm a piece of shit. And I told myself I wasn't going to drink and I drank. Uh, but I started. I might as well finish. Right. Um, there's no stopping now. And and that was my life on repeat day after day after day. Um, on December 29, 2012, I woke up face down a pile of puke again. Uh, I don't know what was special about this particular pile of puke. But uh, it was the last one. <laughs> uh, one more time, I told myself I'm never going to drink again. And one more time, I meant it. Uh, the difference this time, the thing that happened differently was that I took some action on it. What I did was I went over to my in-laws' house. And my in-laws at the time had 25 years of sobriety. I knew that AA existed. I knew that AA worked. I just really did not want to be one of you people. <laughs> and... Uh, I went to my mother-in-law and I told her, uh, you know, like, I'm just, I'm so hungover right now. My blood hurts. Like everything is awful. And, uh, I think I need an AA meeting. And she said, I'm so happy. And she gives me this great big hug. And, uh, and I'm like, why are you happy? You know, my, my life is over. I'm never going to have fun again because I'm having so much fun right now. And, and it's just like, this is awful. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Um, yeah, spoiler alert, turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, so so she takes me to an AA meeting, and I'm at the uh, Elsa Brown Fellowship, right, on a Sunday morning. And um, it's a lively meeting. And I walk in the door, and, and people are smiling, and they're telling jokes, and they have light in their eyes, right? And I sit at the front, and I sit at the front, right? And, and, uh, and the guy who's speaking at the meeting is talking about being powerless over alcohol, and I connected to that. It was like, yeah, that, that's me. That makes sense. I'm absolutely powerless over alcohol. I knew that when I came in. I knew that my life was unmanageable. And, uh, and then they proceeded to talk about the solution, right? And, and the people in the meeting afterwards when they're sharing and they're smiling, they're happy, they're, they're living happily and usefully whole, right? And, they're, uh, and they're, they're talking about drinking like I drank or worse, right? Having a bottom as bad as mine or worse. And yet today they have this wonderful life. And it's just like, how do I get from where I am to where you are? How do I do that? Because my life sucks and I don't ever want to drink again. Right. That's how I felt. And, uh, and I came in Alcoholics Anonymous and, and they tell me, you know, we need honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. And yeah, I had a little bit of honesty and maybe a little bit of open-mindedness, but I had a big old bucket full of willingness. I was going to do whatever the heck you guys told me to do. 
right? Because uh, I just don't want to live this way anymore. And if you tell me to wash coffee cups and stack chairs and sweep floors, I'm going to do those things. I don't know why they're going to keep me sober, but I'm going to do them because you told me to do them and you know how to stay sober and I don't, you know? When I came into AA as a new guy, I needed to sit down, shut up, and do what I was told. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. You know, I'm a defiant guy. I don't like being told what to do. Uh, I still uh, I still bristle sometimes when people try to tell me things to do because uh, that defiant streak runs deep. You know what I mean? Uh, but but that's what I needed to do is sit down and shut up, you know, and, and just follow some directions. And, and as a result of following some directions, uh, I have a really, really good life today, you know? Uh, at the end of my first AA meeting, um, the guy who was talking about peeing powerless over alcohol, he came over to me, reaches out his hand, he shakes my hand, hands me a big book, says, call me tomorrow. I don't like calling people, you know? I like hiding my phone in the other room and drinking myself to death. That's my idea of a good time. And uh, instead, the next day I called him. And that night we were up at his house reading the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and reading the doctor's opinion. And it talked about a physical allergy and a mental obsession, right? Uh, when I'm not drinking, I'm thinking about drinking. Uh, when I start drinking, I can't stop, you know? And that made sense. I was like, yeah, I'm 100%. I'm one of you guys, right? And and we got busy working the steps. We met every week. Uh, we, read the, we read the book, and when it said to pray, we prayed. And when it said to write, we wrote. And, uh, and we worked the steps straight out of the big book. And I'll tell you what, uh, I was probably about, I don't know, my first 30... 30 days so we're probably just a couple weeks sober and I had some buddies over at the house and we were going to play cards right and uh and these guys didn't know that i was sober yet because uh, i didn't broadcast it and uh and they came over and they brought alcohol and i told them hey you know what it's cool um go ahead drink have fun just don't offer me any and take it all with you when you leave right and and cool i'm gonna do that and and that night we played cards and we had a great time i did not feel a desire to drink uh they took it all with them when they left nobody offered me any i made it through it i felt good i nailed it look at me go um went to bed feeling good about it woke up in the morning opened up my fridge and there was one beer in there and uh no problem i know exactly what to do i'm gonna dump this beer down the sink uh done right? Still head full AA. I grabbed that beer and it was a, it was a bottle and it had a cork in it. Right. And, and I'm working on this cork and I, I'm standing over the sink. Right. I'm totally, I'm, I'm gold. I'm pouring this thing down the sink and I pop that cork off and then the smell hits me and my mind went blank. Absolutely blank. Right. Two seconds ago, I had a head full of AA and I was totally going to pour this beer down the sink. And right now I'm standing it with it in my hand and I'm smelling it and my mind is blank. And only one thing, the only thing I knew was that I needed that. I needed that right now. And I stood there just holding it in my hand. And, and I don't know how long I stood there for. Um, I felt like I froze forever. And, and suddenly uh, I just, you know, I didn't believe in God at the time, but, uh, but I can tell you maybe God stepped in and for a moment there and I threw that beer down in the sink and I stepped back and I said, Holy shit. You know, um, I was right there on the precipice and I had absolutely no control over that. And that scared the hell out of me. You know, that was the day when me being an alcoholic went from up here to down in here. Right. Yeah. Uh, I knew I was powerless over alcohol, but now it's like, wow, uh, there's there's no doubt about that. And so uh, with that level of desperation, right, knowing that I'm doomed uh, to, to that, I can't stop myself from drinking. Uh, I, I 
man, I got super busy working these steps. And when, like I told you, when I came in here, I didn't believe in God and I didn't want to believe in God. And uh, it sounded awful to me. Uh, I spent my whole life trying to veer away from that. My mom tried to make me go to church as a kid. And it was like, ah, I was through a huge fit. And, uh, and I just, from, from the word go, I did, was not a God guy. And, uh, and yet here I am in Alcoholics Anonymous where you tell me I need a spiritual solution, right? That's the solution to my alcoholism. And so uh, I was very fortunate. I had a sponsor had a similar experience to me with not wanting to believe in God. And what he told me to do was go through the motions, try it, give it a shot, see what happens, right? What's the worst that could happen? And so uh, that's what I did. I went through the motions. And I remember my very first prayer. I remember getting down on my knees and saying, hey, God, uh, thanks for keeping me sober yesterday. Please help me stay sober today. This is super weird. I'm out of here. And, uh, and that was pretty much verbatim what my first prayer was, right? And, uh, and I continued to practice this stuff. My sponsor took me to pages 86, 87, and 88 in the big book, which is the 11th step, uh, where it talks about upon awakening, we do this and that. And it talks about how we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. Uh, and that has saved my butt a lot of times in sobriety. Just that moment of just taking a breath and saying, God, what do you want me to do? And then doing that. You know, instead of just reacting to things. And I remember my sponsor telling me, hey, just try this, right? If you're in a moment and, and you're not sure what to do, just whether you believe it or not, just try it. Just ask God for help, right? And 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 these are the things that I did. You know, I, I got sober praying to a God I didn't believe in, right? And I'm sitting in my home group meeting, which is the Friday night candlelight in Pinole. Uh, come check us out. Uh, we're live. We're, we're not on Zoom anymore. Uh, so if you guys are down for a live meeting, come check it out in Pinole on Friday nights. And... Uh, and I was sitting in there, this is, you know, <clears throat> I think I had 43 days sober or something like that. And uh, my wife has just gotten into rehab. She was at MPI over in Oakland. And I'm sitting in there and she's calling me on my phone over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, no, no, ignore, ignore, ignore. Right. And finally, I walk out of the meeting and I'm just, what? Uh, and we proceed to have this just terrible conversation because things were bad. Things were real bad between us right then. And, uh, and we have this awful conversation and ultimately I hang up the phone and I take three or four steps out of the parking lot and I don't know where I'm going. My mind's blank again. And what I can tell you is, uh, you know, uh, 40 some days sober, uh, and my walking towards my car with no plan, my car autopilots to the liquor store. Like that's, that's where that car goes. Right. That's all I know. And, and I stopped, I paused right there, not knowing where I was going. And I remembered what I was supposed to do. And I, I asked God, I paused when I agitated or doubtful. And I asked for the right thought or action. I said, okay, God, <clears throat> what do you want me to do? And I've never heard the voice of God. I've never seen a bright light or a burning bush or anything like that. When I feel like I get some kind of inspiration from a higher power, it comes to me as a gut feeling, right? A gut feeling that is very strong and it is always right. And there's no question as to whether it's right or not. That is the right thing to do. And I got that gut feeling right then, and it was really, really simple. Uh, I asked God, what do you want me to do? And I got a gut feeling that said, get your butt back in that meeting. And I turned around, I went back into that meeting, and I stayed sober that night. And I've had a lot of experiences like that, right? Uh, where just the world is going crazy and things are flying around. And, oh, my God, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Everything's crazy. God. What do you want me to do? And I just get something really simple, a real simple direction, like eat a sandwich, right? And, and, and I, I'm, I eat a sandwich and like 
suddenly it's not so bad anymore. You know what I mean? And, and it's just simple stuff like that. I found that the spiritual stuff is really practical. Um, I remember reading chapter four, we agnostics with my sponsor. And at the beginning of that, my attitude was no, not doing it. No, thank you. Um, and I remember reading that chapter and it felt like bricks were getting knocked out of the wall that I'd put up between me and God, you know? And I, uh, by the time I got to the end of that chapter, I had gone from no, absolutely not, no way to, well, I don't know, maybe. And, and the book emphatically assures me I'm on my way. As soon as I can say maybe to the question of step two, right, to the question of God, I am on my way. That is the biggest hurdle to get over, just from no to maybe. And so I thought, okay, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. I'll give it a shot. Let's, uh, let's see what happens. And, uh, and so I started uh, just looking for God everywhere. And it didn't take me long to find this higher power, right? Coincidences started lining up. So it just felt like, okay, well, maybe that's not a coincidence. Maybe that's God's will. And, and, and the more I used it, the more I practiced it, the more effective it was for me. And, uh, and that's how I, uh, you know, got this uh, educational experience, I guess, of a spiritual, of a spiritual awakening. And, and this change in perspective, a different way of, of looking at life, a different outlook, you know, and that has been central. It's been key to my change, to change in my life, you know. Um, today, I operate differently than I did when I walked into Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm still the same me. I still, uh, you know, have the same sense of humor and stuff like that. But uh, just at the center, I look at things from over here now instead of from where I used to look at them from. And, and that makes all the difference. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is, is the centerpiece of my life. I build my life around AA. I don't build AA around my life. And I found that to be the most effective way for me to do it. You know, um, when, when the question of do I want to do uh, any AA activity, whether it's a service commitment or showing up to a meeting, uh, I don't, I don't ask myself if I want to, I just go do it. Right. Uh, Cause if I ask myself, if I want to, the answer is always no, <laughs> I never want to do anything. Right. I, I just told you, I want to sit at home alone in my house and, and be alone. I don't want to go places and talk to people. Uh, so I don't ask myself cause I know the answer. Instead, I just go do it. And, and, and Alcoholics Anonymous has taught me, it's trained my feet to go do. And, and I'm so grateful for that because you know, I'll have a service commitment that I'm supposed to go do and I'll be dreading it as I'm walking up to it. Right. And then I go do it. And, and during it, I'm having a great time because I'm out of my head. And then afterwards, I'm so grateful that I showed up and did that thing. And yet next week when I have to do it again, I'm dreading it again. You know what I mean? Cause I'm a sick person. That's, <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe it's part of being human and alcoholic, but uh, when something really works, I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, so, so I just have to just go do it and stop thinking. I got to tell my brain to shut up and just let my heart go, you know, and trust God. And, and ultimately just putting faith in a higher power uh, and, and just kind of walking through fear and walking through uh, anger and walking through all these defects of character, right? Resentment um, and, and just having faith has changed my life in a drastic way. I got it really, really good today. You know, um, my wife came into Alcoholics Anonymous and she got sober and I worked a four step and she worked a four step and we made some amends to each other and we were able to reconnect and uh, and we were able to, to create a new relationship. And, and today uh, we got a happy relationship, you know. Um, I didn't think that was possible when I came in here. And I don't say that because it's promised. It's not promised. I'm, I'm very lucky that we both got to do that, you know, very fortunate uh, that both of us took the steps real seriously and tried to make this thing work. Uh, it's not promised to everybody. 
what is promised is, is peace of mind, right? Um, relief from the bondage of self, right? Some serenity, access to serenity, you know? Uh, what's promised is, is that I can do my best to repair relationships and not cause more damage. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's That's been something that I strive to do is to stop, not hurt people anymore, right? Because when I get angry or when I get upset or resentful or this and that, all I'm doing is I'm hurting myself, but more importantly, I'm hurting other people. And and that's not the guy I want to be anymore. I'm, I'm tired of hurting other people. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy who comes in and brings positivity into other people's lives, you know? And AA gives me an opportunity to do that. Um, with, with people in the outside world, but also really importantly with the, the folks inside AA, because we are uniquely suited to help other alcoholics, right? One alcoholic can talk to another alcoholic and they can make a connection almost instantly that, uh, that we can't make with normal people. And so, uh, reaching out to newcomers, um, is, is the bright spot of our lives. And it's something that I I've been doing since the very beginning. Right. Um, that was about a, you know, my, within my first 60 days, uh, a new guy, um, asked me to sponsor him and my, I don't, I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. Uh, my sponsor said, you got to do it. And I was like, well, I don't know anything. What am I supposed to do? And he said, uh, well, have you done step one? I said, yeah. He said, well, then you can show him how to do step one. He said, uh, how many days you got sober? I said, I don't know, 40, 40 something days. He said, well, you, sh- you can show him how to get 40 something days. And, uh, and he's like, you better be meeting me in the book every week. Cause you're going to have to stay ahead of him. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. Uh, and so that's what I did. And, and I don't sponsor that guy anymore, but last I checked on him, uh, he's still sober, which is really cool. Um, it's not true of every guy I've ever sponsored. Uh, um, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to work with a bunch of guys in AA and unfortunately a lot of them are drunk today. You know, uh, I got a buddy who talks about how he has sponsored a ton of guys and he's got a hundred percent success rate. I've stayed sober every time. Right. Uh, and that's the real deal. I'm, I'm reaching out to new guys for, for my own sake, as much as if not more than for their sake, you know, uh, because, uh, when I'm sitting across the table and I'm, I'm reading the book with another guy and I'm, I'm watching recovery happen for him. That's really cool. You know, and I'm really happy for that guy. And I'm, it's absolutely necessary for me to maintain my sobriety and my peace of mind and my happiness. And, and the reality is if that guy stays sober, cool. I love it. If that guy goes and gets drunk, I'm just going to go grab another one. Right. Cause I need that for me. And, uh, and, and through that attitude of just trying to reach out to, to help out, uh, new guys as they come in, I've been able to create, uh, a nice fellowship about me. You know what I mean? And, uh, just, just getting to know other people going to different areas, shaking hands with other alcoholics and, and being active in service, uh, has given me an opportunity to create a network in AA, you know, and I need that stuff. I need to be in the center of the herd, right? Cause if we're on the edges. We're going to get picked off. That's how that stuff works. And so I try to uh, commit to doing as much Alcoholics Anonymous as I can in my life. And, uh, and as a result, me and my wife are real happy today. And uh, I'm grateful that I got to speak tonight. Thanks again, John, for, for giving me this opportunity. And uh, that's about all I got. Thanks.